1: Welcome into Poke the Bear, episode 139, presented by FanDuel. I am Evan Maronofsky. That is Connor Ryan. Connor, what is up? Evan, I'm doing well. How are you doing? Doing great. Doing great. You must be elated. The BU Terriers. Big win over Western Michigan in the first round. On to the second round. Today, when listeners hear this, on Saturday, against Cornell, which... Oof. Oof.
0: whatever bunch of andy vanad's bunch of losers no no I'm, I'm doubling down evan ever since i was fretting all last week when i was de- i was declaring b was going to the hockey championship of course they did sorry merrimack shoot Shoo. get out of the way <laughs> so i'm doubling down yeah going to the frozen floor like i'm not having i'm not having a bunch of ivy leaguers in cornell stop this stop this train so i'm, so, I'm rolling with it like What's the worst that can happen? What's the worst that can happen?
1: Can't be worse than uh, that year, a few years ago, 2015. Can't be worse, than that. Can't, you, be worse than that. It can't be mean? worse
0: than that. It can't be worse than
1: that.
0: It can't. They didn't play that year.
1: The, the inside? Frozen
0: 4 is Frozen Four is canceled. The ice oh. Was the, all the ice melted. So they were be like, oh, like, we won't give any trophies. We feel bad for everyone else. But like BU, like, like we'll give you the trophy afterwards. So they didn't play a game. It's too bad. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Unfortunate about that. But I mean, BU is looking great. They were my preseason pick BU. And I think it was Minnesota. I said, would meet in the national championship game. I don't remember who I picked to win, but that was who I picked to, to be in there. I thought BU was super underrated going into the year, at least nationally. uh, That was the big thing locally. They were, I think first or second in the hockey's coaches poll uh, preseason, but um, Nationally, I think they were not getting the love I thought that they deserved the roster of seniors, which is weird for a BU team to have, but exciting action. I love this time of year because the NCAA hockey tournament alongside the NCAA basketball tournament, pretty great, Connor. It's like chef's beautiful. kiss. It's beautiful. Um, speaking of beautiful things, Boston, Montreal Thursday night. Um, we'll get to the schedule in a second. About how this happens, about how we never see Montreal anymore, we don't see Toronto anymore, we don't see any teams we actually give a shit about anymore. Um, but we'll get to that in a second. Uh, Montreal—it was kind of a vintage Boston um, Montreal game. Montreal—you know—I know they're last place in the Atlantic. Very young team. Um, yeah, definitely, definitely going to be good in the next like five years. You know, Nick yes. Suzuki and their guys like that, uh, who are uh, terrific players, but. Right now, not so great. um, But there was some heat. There was some heat in this game. And it started with good old Rem Pitlick, who kind of did the old thing where, like, for those of you like me who play at NHL 23, when you go to pre-hit someone, like, you think they're going to get the puck, so you already start to hit them. That's kind of yeah. like what he did with Patrice Bergeron, except I don't know how he thought the puck was going to Bergeron. Uh, Bergeron was just kind of, like, in the vicinity, but did not have the puck whatsoever. It was clear as day to anybody there. And Pitlick just drops him. Um, and credit to Brad Marshan, who, you know, Jack Edwards gave heaping praise to on the broadcast. Uh, Marshan did some self-policing, took Pitlick down, infamous all-time photo already of, of Marchand uh, beating the bag out of Reb Pitlick, which, by the way, the last time there was a Boston player in a picture like that, where over a rival punching him was Joe Kelly in 2018. And what did the Red Sox go on to do in 2018, Connor? Ooh, ooh! So the 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 everything's just adding up at this point for the, for the for your Bruins. I mean, geez. I, I mean, I thought you were going to say that the last picture like
0: that was when David Krejci was punching Joe Pavelski and smiling like a lunatic. However, that was 2020. We know what happened then, so let's hope that does not happen. Yes, um,
1: let's steer clear of that.
0: But but yeah no I think you look at a, a kind of a vintage Montreal game um, in terms of just the natural kind of hostilities again that's also a young Montreal team doesn't have a lot to play for right now of course they're going to be kind of mucking it up and you saw that quite a bit in that game but as I said I, I think the encouraging thing out of you no know, beyond just the the win and stringing together another victory and uh, having be five wins in a row now um, even when the Bruins probably weren't playing at their best in that game there wasn't really a, a dominant effort against a team that you should. Probably put on the ropes pretty early. It looked early, like it but, was going
1: that way in the beginning of the game when yeah. it was two nothing. It's like oh, this is gonna be like a vintage twenty eleven Montreal spanking where you beat them like twenty, you know, seven to nothing. But right, obviously exactly. it didn't turn out that way. Yeah,
0: but but as you said, I think it's encouraging to see guys like Martian. Obviously, like I don't think anyone would question that in terms of Martian stepping in there and and taking down someone who hits uh, Bergeron late. But I, I think it's one of those things where every year I think when you start going through the checklist of what you want in a potential Stanley cup uh, championship team, you know, whether it's cohesion, chemistry, good goaltending, good defense, all this stuff. Um, Obviously the Bruins still have to work out their their power play, especially, but one thing I don't think people are really fretting about is the collective, I think buy-in or the, you know, not, not great. We don't want to talk about that because I feel like you can go down the rabbit hole in terms of that, but this is a team that very much has accountability for one another and will step to and will respond when things get physical. And it's not just Martian, obviously, but you look at, Guys like Frederick, Felino, if he gets back in the lineup, Hathaway, um, you know, Tyler Bertuzzi. There's so many guys up and down the lineup that, you know, can either drop a guy with a hit, but especially can respond when things kind of get nasty. And that's McAvoy. Yeah, McAvoy. Yeah. I mean, there's so many guys on there that can that can step to and answer the call if if needed. Um, you know, even like No six not a fighter, but like there's been multiple times where he's come up to your defended teammate hasn't always gone well usually he's been like punched in the face repeatedly but again it shows you kind of the player he is as well so when you go through the playoffs and whether it's you know a team like Tampa and the, the decor that they, they have or, or other matchups along the way you're gonna have to need some of that pushback and that aggression that's something that even Brendan Marchand talked a little bit about um uh, before Thursday's game you know he pretty much had like a, a 15 minute state of the NHL address with the media um at Warrior and talked about a lot of things but one of them was the fact that they're banning fighting in the in the queue uh going forward and he said, it's not just the fact there's the entertainment factor and you know it's not like the NHL is how it was 10 years ago where you have pretty much a fight per game but you need that physicality or that you know ability to respond to so the guys aren't running you or guys aren't taking liberties against your star players so um, I think that game against Montreal was a good example of why it's still valued that you have multiple guys that will stand to and defend a team I mean hell I think Jeremy Swayman, I think probably watched that Bennington flurry almost fight. It was like, I need to be, if, if Linus is getting empty net goals, I have to do something to, to, to join in on the higher light reels. So, and he almost had an empty netter. That was almost like chaotic last minute where like, I think uh, yeah, he's trying, like I gave him all the credit in the world for trying that. But if he's not going to do that, he at least has to be like, well. You know, I got to get on the highlighter. Like, I got to punch some goalie, right? So
1: It's an arms um, race with him and Lina yes, Solmark exactly. at this point. It's yes. also it's annoying because Montreal, uh, you know, I tweeted the picture of Swayman basically being all alone to shoot the puck. The annoying part, though, was like the Canadians like set up a wall at the blue line. They're like, we suck, but we are not going to be the team that gets scored on again this year by a Bruins goal. Like, we are not going to let this. I think it was Ben Sherratt at Center. I just kind of blocked it down. It just stood like in the middle. Like, no, we're not. We're not going to stand here for this. This is not happening to us. Which I guess credit to them, but come on, have a little fun. You're in last place, you know. Let 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 things happen. Um,
0: Marty St. Louis just jumps off the bench and just deflects the puck. Like (laughs) like, no, we can't have this
1: happen to this franchise. This cannot happen to us. Um, But it's an interesting thing you hit on with the team toughness. You know, we for a long time we're big advocates of hey, you cannot acquire someone um, because they're really tough. You know, the Lucches of the world. They're fun, great memories, but it's hard to give a roster spot to that or a lineup spot to that. You need guys who can play too, who can add some speed, who can add some skill, um, can bring something to the table other than dropping the gloves or being intimidating. Uh, We talked about this a lot over the years, and the Bruins always tried to get that Tom Wilson-esque player. They thought Nick Ritchie might be that. He wasn't. Matt Bolesky, David Backus. They tried really hard to kind of replicate that kind of player, and it never really worked because they... Just the game passed them by. Nick Ritchie just really wasn't that good. And, you know, Nick Ritchie is the moon, never forget. Um, But, you know, again, I think it's a very good testament to this team that this team has guys, as Ty Anderson has said before, you know, not to, I, I mean this in the best possible way are kind of shitheads. And and that's a good thing. And that's not meant to be a bad thing. You're Garnet Hathaways of the world. Tyler Bertuzzi. You know, Tyler Bertuzzi, obviously a much different player, but can add that toughness. So again, you know, um, last night, Bergeron gets, you know, shoulder to the head, for no reason, in his own place, he's the captain. Marshan stands up to him, but Garnet Hathaway could have stood up to him. Tyler Bertuzzi could have. Trent Frederick, Char- you know, you can go down the list of guys that could have stepped up and done something, um, and you know, made life difficult on Montreal in return. And they did, and they did. I mean, you saw Jake Evans uh, got into it with Charlie McAvoy a number of times. So again, I think it's a good thing. It's a very good thing that this team has that Um, again, is that going to win them a playoff series completely? No, but it's a really good thing to have. As you said, if you go against a team like the lightning, or if you get, you know, I mean, used to be Washington, uh, but now again, Hathaway is not on that team anymore. (laughs) It's not as I guess as big a thing, but uh, no matter who you get, you have that element to your game and just makes you more complete. And I think that's a very good thing. Um, But again, I know we, you know, you and I are not huge into the oh we gotta you know the Bruins tough or not like are they getting a big guy but that this isn't that this is not that um in any way shape or form uh one thing we are also in agreement on uh the NHL schedule makers oof oof the Roblox sound oof um again the fact that it is it was March 23rd and it was Montreal's first trip to Boston uh this season is ridiculous ridiculous and this You know, the fact that you get to see Toronto, what, three times a year? Montreal, three times? I mean, stupid. It's stupid. Now, again, don't go back to, you know, 2021 where you're seeing, you know, the same seven teams seven times a year, whatever that was. Yeah. But, you know, at least give fans like five or six Canadians Maple Leafs games. I mean, this is so stupid to me.
0: Yeah, it's one of those things where, again, you're probably – facing an uphill climb in terms of actually getting the schedule to augment itself where you are getting uh, a a better mix of divisional opponents because teams like Arizona, they want the Bruins there. It's like, you know, same with like McDavid, you want him every year as well for at least one game. So I I get, I get the rationale behind it, but yeah, as you said, even like just the way the schedule is set up that you're having so few of these matchups, but like, Montreal, your first meeting is the very end of March. Like we're in the dog, we are in the dog days of the season. Evan, like we are, oh ready yes, for the playoffs to get underway. Even like Toronto, like when they're going to play Toronto again, like, like you know, it takes them forever to actually get started in the regular season. And then by the time we get to whenever they play next week or the week after that, like both of those teams are probably, I mean, they're pro- they're both going to be clinched a playoff spot by then. Like y- you're getting to the point now. Even these marquee matchups down the end of the regular season are more just like you know, walkthroughs or you know, just like Was it last measuring- year the
1: Bruins played the Leafs in the last game of the season? It was yeah, last exactly. year, right? And
0: no yeah, like no one played. It's it's no one, one of those cared. where
1: it was the where, Chris Wagner game.
0: Yes, exactly. So like it's one of those ones where those aren't really measuring stick games anymore. It's like you're gonna put all these like highly real like you want to play the Blue Jackets or <laughs> some of these other teams in April, like go for it. But I think when you have these these games that you automatically circle on the calendar, you know, like Montreal, even though Montreal, the Bruins and, and the Canadians are separated by 27 wins. Like, and I don't know if people were expecting Montreal to be good this year. You still have that game in the middle of the season when there's a lot more stakes involved. The same with Toronto, which, uh you'd rather them when They're probably not so separate in the standings in October and November, right? Like you look at just how many of the games against Toronto, the Bruins are going to face this year beyond what they could, you know, meet in the playoffs. You had that one game up in Toronto where uh, a lot was going on for the Bruins, <laughs> right? Uh, there was how, one one, thi- one
1: big thing was happening. Yes. Yeah.
0: And, and then you have this one coming up where again, like I don't know how much stock you put into it. Right. We're, I think we're going to touch on that in a little bit in terms of some of these bigger matchups over the last three and a half weeks of the season, but still like the significance is kind of lessened or watered down a little bit when you get to this point of the year, where I think a lot more teams are looking at rest and getting guys healthy and, um, you know, focus on your own details as opposed to what you're matching up against. So, um, yeah, it's just uh, the NHL dropping the ball here. I mean, the fact that we're literally in in the the final weeks of the season. It's the first time Montreal comes to town, and again, it shows you that for some of these rivalries, some of these matchups doesn't matter where they are in the standings. It still makes for prime time entertainment when they face off against each other. Like that was not a vintage, but that that harkens back to why I think Boston Montreal does have that. Extra bit of juice in terms of when they do match up, regardless of where they are in terms of, you know, the the health of their franchises.
1: It goes to show like, you know, Bruins, Toronto has been the strong rivalry the past, you know, five, six years. But you go back to, I don't know, the late 2000s, early 2010s when the Leafs were not good. Those were not rival games. I mean, those yeah. just were whatever you were playing. it. It's playing like the Senators. I mean, it was no different. Uh, the only reason the Bruins and the Leafs, at least right now, have this strong rivalry is because they meet in the playoffs so much. You take that out. It, there's not a lot of juice to that. I know the two historic original six teams, but I just the juice is not there like it is with Boston, Montreal, like it always has. But now maybe the schedule makers thought, you know, hey, Bruins are going to play Carolina at the end of March could be a fight for playoff positioning or this or that like maybe they thought that obviously it isn't the case um which we'll get to um in a second Anyways, uh, so this upcoming weekend, two big games, uh, Tampa and Carolina, of course, a back to back again, the NHL schedule makers strike again, uh, which is so much fun. Get the old Saturday matinee and then the weird Sunday game, uh, you know, not not ideal. Um, But, you know, I think a big question, you know, when the Bruins were struggling a few weeks ago, uh, a lot of people, you know, were saying, hey, you know if this was coming against really good teams, it'd be a problem. If it's coming against bad teams, you know, they're just not getting up for the games. And clearly it turned out to be the case. The Bruins turned it around. They're on a, I think a five game win streak now. Um, you know, count the win streaks on two hands this year. I mean, geez. Um, but how much stock are you putting into these games?
0: Yeah, it's kind of a fine line. You have to kind of navigate there because I, I think for the Bruins, you'd like to see them post more complete showings just to to show that they can rise to the challenge. I think you saw that, at the start of this win streak, right, you lose pretty bad games against Detroit and especially Chicago, and you're like, "All right, this isn't that great." But again, I, I think when we talked about that mini losing streak they had, it was like, "All right, let's see how they respond to a desperate Winnipeg team, seeing in Minnesota that it was, I think, the hottest team in the NHL at that time. Like, I, like, how do they do against games like that?" Um, and the same with like Buffalo, that was again they were on the downslide, but still in that playoff picture. Uh, you know, the second leg of a back to back, and they smoked those teams, right? Like, that 7-0. was like, nothing yeah, exactly. So that, that's one of those situations where you're like, okay, this team you know can rise to the challenge and take care of these teams. Like, I don't know, know how much we should be really hinging on how they do against the Chicago's or even the Montreal's in terms of the bigger picture of how you know much that previews what this team could be in the playoffs. So I think it's important for the Bruins to you know probably post complete showings and just see how they stack up against these teams before they get to the playoffs. But you also have to have that skepticism, right? Of like, all right, one you know Carolina's once again a second leg of a back-to-back again the Bruins I think are still more focused inward in terms of sorting out their own issues power play staying healthy getting guys uh, up to speed um, more than like looking at these games like all right we have to be we got to beat Tampa again to know we can beat them like the Bruins are the best team in the league they're on pace for you know record-setting amount of wins I think they're very cognizant and confident of their own abilities but um, that being said, like, you still want to at least have a good performance or at least have positives to build off of these teams that almost surely you're going to have to go through in the playoffs. And especially, I think, probably that Carolina game. Again, it's tough when you're in the second leg of a back-to-back there. But uh, a strong showing there, or especially a win, I think would just be good for this team in terms of showing that you can go into Carolina, into Raleigh, and win. Like, again, that's not uh, a sign of things to come if they don't uh, post a win there. But I think just for there... You look at how much that that arena was a house of horrors for them last year. A good showing there should, you know, allow them to build a little bit more momentum as they start looking ahead into the playoffs and where they're probably going to have to go through if they want to get to a cup.
1: There's three things I'm looking for. Number one, as you said, complete game. You know, can you just put a full 60 together um, against two good teams or just one of them? I mean, can you know just do it? Again, we don't need to be we don't need to be convinced of it, but I think it's helpful considering you know the game against Montreal on Thursday. And there were some tough parts. There were some parts that weren't so great. Um, power play, continuing to kind of put that together and do what they've been able, you know, what they haven't been able to do recently. But then you hit on it there. Go to Carolina on the second leg of a back-to-back. Like, to me, that is a, a tough spot. Adver- adversity is kind of a cliche word, but that's not ideal conditions. You know, that's not how you want to be going into Carolina. Steal a win. Pull out a win. I don't know. That'd be interesting. Um, keep it interesting at the end of the season. Other than that, unless someone gets injured, I'm not putting a lot of stock in those two games. I'm not, yeah. if they lose both, I'm not going to say, oh, you know, this changes my opinion of them. No, they, it's, it's the end of March. Like, you know, we'll get to the playoffs, see how it is there. But I, again, I'm not, you know, I hope to not see people freaking out on Twitter, but I know that I will. And that's okay. That's why we love our, our Bruins fans. They are, they are a passionate bunch. Um, but I don't think there's reason to freak out. Now, if they, like, lose both games 7 nothing and throw up all over themselves and, like, three people get injured, well, then, yes, you have a reason to freak out about that. Um, but if it's just, you know, two regular losses, I guess, I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, oh, you see that? You see that, Connor? I, I My opinions are changing on them. They're going to be out in the second round this year. Um, but a little bit of a, a, a glimmer of hope. Uh, if Taylor Hall and Nick Felino return, Connor, uh obviously a third line of Taylor Hall and Coyle and Bertuzzi would be quite interesting to watch. And uh, Nick Felino, his leadership and presence and his him being old and bald, as Brad Marshan would say, would be welcome back on the Bruins. Uh hell of a bread, well bread. Injury
0: brad martian who is legitimately seven months younger than Nick <laughs> <laughs> like that's i feel like that's getting lost in the shuffle but anyway sorry as you it said. is
1: it is lost in the shuffle i feel like people don't really realize that they are fairly close in age i'm alex
0: rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal each week you're hear us in conversation with business icons this show will explore deal making across sports media and entertainment
1: For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of
0: our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at
1: bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. But who would be the odd man out in your eyes? Who would be the guys sitting on the ninth floor? Yeah, I mean it's
0: tough because it's gonna a testament to the Bruins in terms of um, just how stacked this lineup is. I, I mean, you could make the argument that like Nick Flano would pr- maybe have to earn to get a spot back, but I think of what he's brought this year in terms of especially that role in the fourth line. Uh, it's it's tough to sit him if he is healthy. It's you're probably looking at Frederick. I think is might be who it is. Like, and again, that's I say that, and like you know. I think people think that I'm saying that's like an indictment on Frederick. It's not. It's just like, again, Frederick, I think, has exceeded everyone's expectations this year. Like, he's physical. He's almost I – and mean, he was on pace for like almost 20 goals. Like, he's a great player. And, like, it would be in the lineup for a bunch of other uh, teams that are even our viewed as top contenders. But I, I think you look at if those guys are healthy, you know, Frederick, you look at where he doesn't get as much special teams reps. Like, he's not replacing Nostick at 4C. Like no six no. numbers on faceoffs and how good he's been defensively, can't do it. Like it, he's too valuable for where he is in the lineup and what his role is. Maybe Hathaway, like maybe he fights for minutes against a guy like him, but still Hathaway's a guy that um, has more playoff experience. Like you can go back and forth. Like if you want to say Hathaway's, the you traded
1: man out, for him go for him.
0: Yeah, you yeah you traded for him. Like it's and again like I would probably say that means that Frederick is the odd man out just in terms of the the face-offs, the, you know, defensive ability, the, especially just like the PK work. Um, he hasn't had that many reps, but again, it's kind of the same thing we talked about in terms of like the defensive rotations. And if everyone's healthy, who's the odd man out there? Like there will, there will be a guy that's the odd man out. who's probably a very good player. That being said in a long, you know, 20 plus games it takes to win a Stanley cup. All those guys are going to factor into it in some way. Like, uh, we're not even talking about the fact that, like, you know, Jacob Blauco is probably going to be the odd man out there as well. He'll probably make an impact play. AJ Greer, who, like, is suspended. Yeah, <laughs> who might get suspended uh, as we're recording this. Um, again, he'll probably have an impact play at some point. You're going to have to draw on everyone uh, to, to win a Stanley Cup. So it's not to say that Frederick is going to be just, like, buried on the depth chart if he happens to be the odd man out. And again, they could go in a variety of different ways there, but. Um, for the brood, it's a good problem to have. And I think just a testament to how deep this roster is that a guy like Frederick, who's been fantastic all year and he exceeded so many expectations could be the guy that is the odd man out there.
1: Also Lord knows if Felino even comes back, like that's the other thing. Yeah. Right? Again, L- like
0: that, that is also the case. Yeah.
1: Yes. But, uh, I agree with you. I mean, again, I think, you know, a third, obviously if Taylor Hall comes back, I think Frederick comes off that third line and you try to make Hall work with, uh, with Bertuzzi and Coyle. And then that fourth line, again, I mean, I like, you know, if Felino did come back, Foligno, Nosek, Hathaway, I think that's a very safe bet. Um, but I also think, again, if Felino if doesn't come back, you know, if you wanted to do Frederick, Nosek, Hathaway, that's a pretty damn good line. That's tough on defensemen going back for pucks if Frederick and Hathaway are coming down on you. Um, but uh, we'll see what ends up happening with that. All very interesting stuff, uh, which we will have you covered on as we always do with all these topics. Uh, Connor, what can people look forward to from you over at Boston.com and the Boston Globe?
0: Yeah, we're going to have you covered every step of the way, of course, with uh, game recaps, features, columns, breakdowns, all of that good stuff. We had a long breakdown story uh, talking about Hampus Lentums, Norris Odds, uh, that I enjoyed writing about. So we'll have more kind of those deep dive stories as we get close to the playoffs and try to trudge our way through these final weeks of the regular season. So uh, again, uh, we'll have all that stuff over at boston.com and of course the globe, Um, not just Bruins, obviously we cover everything in Boston sports. So Patriots offseason, Red Sox opening days right around the corner, Celtics getting ready for the playoffs, everything we have over there as well. Um, And again, if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can at Connor Ryan underscore 93.
1: I must say, Connor, those Red Sox ticket prices are looking mighty cheap in comparison to the Celtics and Bruins, which is very nice, I must say. Uh, for the beginning of April, which will be very, very fun. Um, anyways, Connor, as always, great job. Uh, make sure to go subscribe to New England Hockey Journal if you haven't already. That's Connor Ryan. I'm Evan Marinofsky. You Bru- you poke the bear listeners. Whoa, said Bruins beat, but you poke the bear listeners. Have a great rest of your week.